You are now listening to the Philly Pod, a Philadelphia sports podcast. What is going on, y'all? And welcome to another episode here of The Hot Route featuring myself, Victor Williams, as well as Rob Motti, right here on The Philly Pod. I'm your host today, Victor Williams. You can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at The Philly Pod, as well as Instagram. You can uh, follow my partner in crime here, Rob Motti. Very easy on Twitter at Rob Motti. Uh, we got a, uh, a, a decent, <laughs> well, a pretty good reception on, on the first episode. And apparently I didn't uh, scare away Rob on the first one because he, he came back for a second one. So very happy <laughs> to, to, to have you back. We, we might have a routine thing here going on. How's it feel to be a part of this thing, man? No doubt, no doubt. It's a little different setting for me, Victor, this time. Because last time we were doing this, I was in Florida. I'm staring at water now. I'm back. Oh, that's home. right. That's my, right. Yeah, you know, I'm in Jersey. I'm in my little home office. It's like 50 degrees outside today. But uh, you know what? Life is good. It's all good. Yeah, man. Yeah, I forgot that you uh, you you made your way back. How how <laughs> the transition from going to Florida? I haven't been there uh, in some time. But the weather hasn't been too bad here. Uh, so you're probably sure you can't complain. It's been mid 60s, 70s. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> doesn't compare to Florida, but you know, <laughs> like, like when you go from 80s to, to 60s, I'll tell you what, though, Philly's home opener. I was at the, the game, obviously covering that game. And that was probably one of the colder days that we've had. It was my first day back. Like I was hours back into it. I went from uh, instead of sitting in the front row, I just moved back to the third row because I admit I am a flat out wuss. I didn't like the cold. I just sat there shivering the whole game. I couldn't even concentrate or focus on it. Wow, yeah, well, <laughs> well, it gets it gets a little better around here. Um, and how was it going on? Um, um, from from how how's the Phillies thing treating you so far? I know it's a uh, I don't follow baseball as closely as you do, of course. But the Philly the Phillies seem to be on a roll uh, to start the season. Is that a little more uh, better than than how the Eagles have been? How how does the Phillies outlook look to be this far? Well, the best thing that the Phillies can do is take people's minds off of the Eagles, I right? Know, man. And, and, and I think that's an opportunity that they. They have this summer because they're off to a good start. I think they can sustain that success into the summer and get some excitement around here in Philly. You know, it's awesome when summer baseball, people want to go down at a ballpark. I know not, they can't sell it out now because of the COVID situation, but it's been fun seeing people in the stands. It's loud. You can hear people. You can hear everything. So it's it's been really fun, and I think they can continue and carry over that success and I don't know if they're going to have a red October, Victor, but at least get people to uh, watch baseball again, care about baseball again, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, well, I got uh, I got some money riding on. I'm not sure if you're into the, into the gambling scene, but <laughs> I got some money riding on Bryce Harper, uh, two hits and a win tonight. So let's hope two, two <laughs> hits and a win. All yep. right, I, I, I like that. I like that. You should. Reese Hoskins is hot. Dude. I know, man, but right, it was buddy. a DraftKings boost. I didn't have a choice. Okay. So. <laughs> right, gotcha. Gotcha. That's how they get you, though. That's the trap <laughs> that I fall for all the time. Oh man, so yeah, let's not turn this into into the Philly show. We, we, no doubt. <laughs> so, um, you man, you walked back into uh, a little. Bit, I don't want to say drama because it's not really Eagles centric, even though they do seem to be in the mix, no matter what the situation is. Uh, but man, it's starting to come out that regardless of how this Deshaun Watson saga goes, the Eagles find themselves uh, wrapped up in the mix. The latest rumor, I don't want to say it was a, a report, but the latest rumor. Sounds like uh, it's the Eagles are still going to monitor the situation, and if it comes to a point where you know with all with all the accusations going on, and we're not sure what the uh, what the NFLs uh, when they're going to bring the hammer down on Deshaun Watson for everything that's going on, we're seeing that he's already losing um, 
um, his endorsements with Beats and things like that. Uh, but if, if if it does look like he's going to play football and they can kind of clean the situation up, the Eagles are going to, uh, so they say, you know, monitor the situation and see if there's a way that they can bring him to Philadelphia. Now, um, based on everything that we know to this point, I wasn't that I wasn't in the camp of you know selling the farm and putting together packages and doing that whole bit to mortgage everything to bring Deshaun Watson here. Kind of similarly to, to to Russell Wilson, you know, I wasn't big on that. And even though Deshaun Watson is younger, you know, at 25, uh, I, I wasn't as big on you know trading the the little assets we do have at the moment uh, to go and grab Deshaun Watson before the situation happened. Now with all this going on, obviously it's a, a less appealing situation how do you feel about everything that's going on with with sean watson and especially more from a football aspect do you think he kind of ties in uh, to what the eagles are trying to do in the future it doesn't surprise me victor that the eagles would be interested and look into it because the way this organization really values having a franchise quarterback i would expect them to at least inquire about any quarterback who would be available and deshaun watson is one of those guys who certainly could be available now before all of this stuff unfolded the houston texans were insistent upon that they're not going to trade him and deshaun was insistent upon he's not going to play there (laughs) he's now got to get through a lot right he's got to get through the legal ramifications of everything Thing. Then he's got to get through what the NFL decides to do, right? Because they could suspend him perhaps up to a year. We don't know. And, and there's a lot of back and forth and legalities that go to it. But then aside from that, what you brought up was very interesting is, would you even sell the farm for Deshaun Watson? So suppose he does his foot, he's clear to resume playing football. Suppose he gets through everything and he's now able to play football again. And just let's say he can play football again in 2022. Forget about 2021. Let's look at 2022. And at 27 years old, you're talking about a guy who, yeah, he had a monster season last year, 4,800 plus yards throwing, uh, 33 touchdowns, only seven interceptions, uh, tremendous on the field. And for all of that success, his team was 4-12. and So he didn't really, as great as he was, he did not impact it. Now, of course, it's not all on the quarterback because we know you got to have a great supporting cast, and he certainly didn't have a great supporting cast. So I wonder what that number is. How many first-round picks is it going to take? When I spoke to people at the Super Bowl about it, they were like, they can ask for anything, and that would be up to five. Well, that'll never happen. And then all of this stuff happened, so there's going to have to be concerns about him going forward. I'd be very reluctant to, as you said, sell the farm for a guy when you don't know. Because if he's had these issues, I I don't know. Now, at this point, you have to look at it as like he potentially can be, there could be some character concerns. I never thought about that from the standpoint of Deshaun Watson before all this. But these are things that teams have to consider. So by the time he does become available to play again and trading for him is viable, The Eagles may have found out if Jalen Hurts can really be QB1. So I think there's still a long way to go. But it doesn't surprise me to hear reports that the Eagles are going to be interested in him or they're going to check the tires or because that's what they do. 
Yeah, the Eagles seem to be always in the mix, regardless of the quarterback. You heard yeah. their name with the Russell Wilson stuff going on, and and you know this situation is no different. Obviously, a lot more complex with all the all the legal issues. And, and his lawyer came out and and you know said said a lot of stuff today. If the people who don't know already, so um, you know we won't get into it here, but you know look into it uh, if you don't know already. So it doesn't look like the situation is going to end anytime soon. So that's a good point, Rob. You mentioned by the time that this situation does clear up, one way or another, the Eagles should have a clear picture on what Jalen Hurts is and if he is going to be the quarterback of the future or if they kind of have to move in another direction and, and you know, figure it out from there. Um, so speaking of Jalen Hurts, you had the uh, you had the pleasure of sitting down with uh, a guy I've been a big fan of, obviously, since growing up. Uh, if if the people listening, you know, aren't the biggest wrestling fans, they, they've known, they figured it out by following me to this point when I was tweeting about NXT and, and all that stuff yesterday. Uh, but you had the pleasure of sitting down with good old JR, who, uh, as we all know, is the biggest Sooners fan you probably <laughs> could find. Um, and he has some glowing things to say about Jalen Hurts. How was that interview and how does he feel about presumptive QB1 to this point? Man, so Victor, I, I posted this uh, after the interview on Twitter, after we posted some of the, the video clips. Like, I've been doing this so long that I don't really get excited anymore about who I'm going to sit down and interview. But when it came to an opportunity with uh, Jim Ross, good old JR, like as a, kid, as a guy who grew up a wrestling fan, and he was the voice, right? For mm, sure was, man. Wrestling, right? <laughs> um, and I listened to him before he even joined WWE, when he was doing NWA, oh, wow. UWF back then, and then became the voice of uh, Monday Night Raw, of the pay-per-views, everything. I was giddy, dude. I was, like, so excited. I couldn't wait. Like, I, I kind of, like, fanboyed him a little bit. I'm sitting there, <laughs> and I'm telling him this. And, and JR, like, I, I didn't know what to expect. It ended up turning into, like, a 47-minute interview that I had to cut for my AP football podcast. And I had to trim out some parts. But he was terrific, man. He was great. We all know him as an Oklahoma Sooner fan. So as soon as I mentioned Eagles, he's like Lane Johnson and then Jalen Hurts. And he's good friends, good buddies with Lane Johnson. In fact, guess what he's trying to do? He's like, I'm trying to recruit that guy to be a wrestler. <laughs> of so course. I also, the, the, the odd thing is, is that I get to interview both guys on the same day for the same podcast. I'm like going through it. I'm like, as Jim mentions Lane, I'm like, guess what? He's going to be on the show with you. So I had a, you know, it was like an Oklahoma Sooner thing. And he had obviously tremendous praise for Lane Johnson, loves him, thinks he could be a professional wrestler. We'll talk about Lane in a minute. But he also, he's like, I, I watched every game Jalen played at Oklahoma. And to me, he's like, he loves his demeanor. He said all the things that I got out of Jalen just covering him one season. Uh, a great character guy, a tremendous leader, excellent poise, a guy that teammates gravitate towards. And as JR put it, he's a winner. He's been a winner everywhere he's been. So, you know, I really got high expectations for Jalen Hurts, even though we don't really know yet. But I still think that this team, if they surround him the right way, he could be the future quarterback. I don't know at this point. But I, I really, I feel a little bit even more encouraged. And of course, Jr. is not going to come on and bash like yeah, he's, right? he's not going to say that. You know? <laughs> he's not going to say, ah, Jalen stinks. He'll never be anything. But these are all things that we kind of it confirmed, it reaffirmed in our minds about Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and uh, it's and it's all they all are similar, you know. Especially you know, you know more than I do. The people you've talked to that it seems to be the general consensus that Jalen Hurts has the correct mindset. And um, actually, good question here. I'm not sure 
how much stock you you put into these kind of things. But did you hear uh, a few weeks ago? Is it is it true that they like tested his brain and he had like the third? I forget what it was like the third highest football IQ like next to Pat Mahomes or whatever that was. Did you hear about any of that or you you don't put a lot of stock into those things? I I didn't, but I I think that it matters, right? I think all <laughs> it matters. Matter, yeah. you know? I, I think all that stuff is important, but. He, is, he does seem like a very smart kid, and uh, I'm excited to see what he could do with Nick Sirianni. Another guy I spoke to, Victor, this week was Jacoby Brissett. He's going to be on my AP podcast next week, but he was like, he was really high on Nick Sirianni, which, you know, we all want to see what Nick can do. I was like, to me, all I know about Nick right now is that he's a highly energetic. Yep, he's dude. just hype. He's just hyper. <laughs> That's all we know right now. <laughs> and. Some people have criticized him. Like, I don't know where you fell in on that. Were you critical of him because he's so hyper and he's so energetic? Like Some people are like, oh, he's a rah-rah guy that only works in, in high school football. How did you feel about that? I like Sirianna for what I've seen. For n- Number one, we didn't ha- we, like the Eagles weren't looking at like a public speaking major to hire as a football coach, so I could care less about how he you know, translate, you know, his diction and all that things. I don't think he's a poor speaker by any means, but you got to think also, especially after his, uh, his first press conference is that this is probably the, the, you know, the highest thing he's done, uh, ever in a, as far as a press conference is concerned. So he's not used to being, you know, the, the, the front and center guy and in the spotlight and the high, uh, the, the, uh, the, you know, the highest position you can be on a football team. Um, so as far as Nick Sirianni is concerned, I'm, I'm enjoying, you know, from my perspective anyway, I'm enjoying, uh, all the things I'm seeing from him, especially uh, I enjoyed the interview he did with Davis Spadaro when he first got hired. Um, his first press conference is probably reminiscent of what Matt LaFleur was, <laughs> was saying at his first conference. Um, nobody really talks about that now because he went to two straight NFC Championship games. Uh, and I liked his breakdown of explosive plays uh, that he sat down and did. And I'm yeah. just... Myself, I'm excited that he knows what an explosive play looks like because we haven't seen many of those, um, you know, in, in this town for a while. Uh, so, you know, fans of Jalen Rager should be excited. Fans of Quez Watkins should be excited. It'll be intriguing to see who the Eagles do draft, um, you know, if they do go corner in the first round. I wrote about some uh, some options yesterday, uh, some mid-round options that could surely add some explosiveness to the offense when you look at guys like Elijah Moore and Dwayne Eskridge and, uh, and Diami Brown and Amari Rodgers. And those kind of guys. So there's certainly options there. And Nick Sirianni is going to have his work cut out of him uh, to, to get the most out of these players. But as far as I can tell, from a football mind, he seems to be all there. <laughs> so here's the funny thing, right? I lived through the Andy Reid era covering him. And he would get absolutely annihilated because he never said anything. And in the media, people and the fans, why doesn't Andy Reid say anything? He's so stoic. He just goes injuries, and he gets right to it, and he's monotone. And and now in Nick Sirianni, you got a guy who's completely the opposite, right? He's the he's high energy. He doesn't look like he's half dead up there like Andy did. And and now people want to bash him and criticize him for that. So I just want to wait and see. But the cool thing about what Jacoby Brissett said, in addition to his personality, he's saying, like, this guy, this is an exact quote, he's got, he's prepared for everything. He has, he thinks of every situation possible. So when you have a quarterback who played for him, because two years ago, Jacoby was the starter in Indianapolis, Mm -hmm. and Nick was the offensive coordinator there, obviously, for the last three years, who's saying, this is a guy who's prepared for everything, he thinks of every situation possible, and that's what sets him apart from a lot of these coaches. That, to me, is a ringing endorsement of the Eagles head coach, because how many times did we look back and say, 
man, it looks like Doug's not making any adjustments in game. It looks like Doug and this team, they're so unprepared. They come out and they start so flat and they always fall behind and all of these issues that they're having. Well, if you got a former quarterback who played for him telling us that he's thinking of every situation, he's prepared for everything, I think that'll carry over into how he prepares his team. And, and that certainly bodes well for the Eagles, I would think. Yeah, and you got to think like Jacoby Brissett was wasn't terrible under uh, under the Colts in the two years that he did start there. He threw a total of thirty one touchdowns and thirteen interceptions, which is which isn't bad by any means. You know, at, at least from my perspective, uh, the Colts had very under Nick Sirianni. They got production obviously from Andrew Luck and Philip Rivers and a guy like Jacoby Brissett, who a lot of people see as a, as a mid tier quarterback. You know, you don't expect him to light the world on fire, um, but if a guy like that, like you mentioned, has has glowing things to say about a guy like Nick Sirianni, who clearly gets the most out of his quarterbacks, uh, that that that's that's you know encouraging to see moving forward uh Jacoby Brissett was a guy that I thought would be a good backup in this situation before he signed with uh with Miami I believe it was uh, a month ago seven and um, a half million he yeah got. yeah like, that's what people think Joe Flacco's getting so right I mean <laughs> Jacoby's getting seven and a half million for a backup yeah that's all I I thought exactly like you did Jacoby would be a great fit here knows the system similar skill set my man getting seven and a half million good luck in uh Miami you know (laughs) we'll we'll take uh see what Joe Flacco can do here and people going nuts over what he's getting like what's the it's it's a backup quarterback they got to get a little bit of money I don't have a problem with that but also the conversation this week I had with Lane Johnson Victor so uh we could certainly get into that because he's going to be ready, man. He says he'll be. He's a month away from being cleared, and that's got to be great news for this Eagles offensive line. Yeah. So I think the and the thing I think I saw something yesterday about how he's willing to uh, like he's welcoming the competition if the Eagles do certainly bring in uh, OL depth because we obviously know he's not getting any younger, uh, and neither is uh, uh, Brandon it's Brooks. Right, it's the right thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's not going to be upset about it. Yeah. No. So. He's he, well. He's smart enough. And here's what I've learned over the years. There are guys who are smart enough to say to the media the right thing, right? Like Mm -hmm. Bryce Harper is so good at knowing exactly what to say. And whether or not these guys often mean what they're saying or what they do say is just to be put out there uh, is lip service. You know, I'm glad that he said the right thing. Yeah, certainly because we've had enough of uh, people assuming that <laughs> of slandering somebody who wasn't saying anything. So um, it's good. It's, it it certainly is good to uh, to have somebody we're say gonna, the right things. Victor, we're gonna make it through a show without saying his name. I'm not. I'm definitely uh, not, man. I haven't just, mentioned him in just, some time. Man. You just alluded to him, and that's it. We're not. We're not. That's it. Say, that's it. We're not gonna say his name. But the the other thing that Lane said, besides uh, in, in that conversation, we had a good time too. I'm talking to Lane, right? I'm doing a, a Zoom interview, and my man's driving. I'm like trying not to get him killed on the road because that's the last thing I want to hear. He's trying to answer my questions and he's driving on the road. But uh, the fact that I I had to bring up the Howie Roseman situation because Mm -hmm. of the article that came out a couple weeks ago. And he said, you know, they're fine now. That's water under the bridge. And, you know, he said it's kind of like, you know, you have family trouble. You're not always going to get along. But the the, the cool thing is, is that we, we started talking about wrestling. And I told him that your boy, JR, is trying to recruit you. And he was all about it. He's like, yeah, I, of course. I can see myself, right? <laughs> well, now, what do you think he would be, a good guy or a bad guy? Lane Johnson? Um, yeah. uh, heel or face? Uh-huh. You, you go using like the actual yeah man i'm diehard i'm diehard you gotta pick you gotta get it with the terms man get with the terms i'm still, I'm still you know i'm a guy watching it 40 years and i'm going 
Good guy, man. I'm watching it currently. I WrestleMania is this weekend, man. Get with it. Is that right? Is that yes, right? sir. Oh, man. Yeah, man. Maybe you should watch. Pick it up. Now's a good time to pick it back up. Man. Well, no. Now what I'm gonna do is I gotta listen. To, I gotta watch AEW because I gotta. Get oh no, you don't. No, you don't. But it's, it's Jr's JR. thing. Yeah. Yeah. By the time by the time we finish that conversation, he's giving me his cell phone number. Uh-huh. He's, follow me on twitter he's reaching out like i'm gonna send him my eagles book he's gonna send me his other book so mm. i was like became besties with jr yeah well, AEW and wwe are like the uh are like uh when you were around for like the monday night wars with wcw yeah. and all that stuff yeah that's that th- that kind of thing is going on right now with AEW right? and wwe oh, wow. yeah so okay. well, so he's trying to he's jericho. trying to he's trying to sway you man he's trying to sway you <laughs> he's, he's got jericho though yep. yeah that was the big thing so the thing about AEW, and not to turn this into a whole wrestling thing but <laughs> But the thing about AEW is that they pry these WWE guys and they try to, oh God, like they just got Christian, Big Show just signed with them. I'm like, you can't, the only guy they have there that's, that they built up kind of themselves is Kenny Omega. And he's not like a, he's not a WWE guy. Um, but the AEW is just where if you don't make it in WWE, you can kind of go to AEW and hope they refresh your character, refresh your story, and 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 you know do that kind of thing. All the AEW fans listening to me now are, are probably going to be really upset because because you can't be both. You can't be both. It's either you're really you really like really? AEW because uh, WWE is so sour now and people kind of yeah. fell off, or you're diehard WWE and you don't want to hear anything else. I like all wrestling personally. I don't care what the product is. Um, That's but, how I was. Yeah. I used to I used to watch WWE and then watch the Monday Night Wars and and I would record one WCW and watch the other and then watch the other one afterwards until obviously uh, WCW went out. So yeah, I think you could be a fan. You could be a fan of both. What I didn't realize about Jr. was he wasn't just like the voice of WWE. He was a, a, the talent executive, like bringing signing mm-hmm. guys in. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And he he had to actually sell Vince McMahon on Chris Jericho. He's like, nah, he's too short. He'll I remember play. that story. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, wow, that's a, that's a tremendous tremendous story but he brought in a lot of these guys now we turned it into a wrestling podcast yeah now we're now we're now we're let's get back oh oh here's where i was gonna go with this stuff so lane said yeah he'd probably be a bad guy right and um, yeah that's what i would think yeah yeah, he he would probably be a villain and he thought a heel a heel man say with me a heel heel, man there we go so i i asked him about Howie, and he's like, you know, I said they probably put you guys in the ring. If this, if football was a wrestling storyline, you and Howie would be in the ring. You know, like Vince McMahon used to get in the ring and fight Stone Cold and whatever. <laughs> and, and he was like, yeah, Howie's kind of like Rey Mysterio. And I was like, wow, he, he went Rey Mysterio, not somebody else. And, and I'm trying to think of like if we have to give compare some of the Eagles. Let's go Jeffrey Lurie and Nick Sirianni. Who would you make? Who would they be equivalent to in wrestling? Yeah, Anybody well, out there? <laughs> well, Larry Lur- is certainly Vince in this scenario, just well, because have, he needs he needs all the power, man. He needs all the power, and he doesn't know when to give it up. That's the wrong. That's the problem with WWE right now is Vince doesn't know when to hang it up and just give all the power to Triple H and let him run the company. Uh, but uh, Jeffrey Lurie, we're seeing, especially this season, we're seeing the the uh, uh, the uh, similarities of Jeffrey Lurie, and you you know more than I do, but with the with the the quote unquote yeah. power struggle, and Lurie is you know more involved than he should be, and whatever the, the narrative is these. Days. Um, but that's kind of where where I draw that similarity. Um, and then as far as Nick Sirianni is concerned, I would go with Christian personally. He was known as Captain Charisma, uh, not the flashiest wrestler, but he's a technician. Um, he's really good in the ring. He really knows how to tell a story, and he's all about personality. And as we can tell so far, anyway, from Nick Sirianni, he, he's full of charisma. So, <laughs> so, so I think that's the comparison I would go for from there. 
I'm gonna go back to Degeneration X and, and compare Nick Sirianni to X Pac because he was a guy who was like an underdog. Damn. He was the heel of, of all heels, right? though, man. Yeah. He's the bad guy. You want him to be he, a bad guy? Man? He's, he's an underdog, <laughs> but he's got a lot of energy. Like X Pac <laughs> would run around the ring. Like I, I'd be like, dude, what are you on right now? He's just flying <laughs> around doing. And Nick's got all that energy, that personality. So that'd be he'd be X Pac for me. Yeah, Jericho's a good one. You mentioned that before the show. Jericho's a yeah. good one because he's also an underdog in a way, but he refuses to, to, to go down. He's full of charisma, uh, and he's he's one of the – I've never seen a guy uh, transform their character so many times and be even better than the last. Like, this guy has, has changed his gimmick more times than, than I've – you know, he's left WWE and come back three times, and now he's leading the charge over there at, uh, at AEW. I don't think he's the champion right now. I think that I think that's Moxley currently. Um, well, but, Nick, Nick's got to win something before I can give him Jericho. Yeah, that's yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. Win, that's fair. Win, win, win me some games, and then I'll, I'll put you in the Jericho category. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. This really did become a uh, – it's WrestleMania week. They, the, the listeners can't get mad, man. Well, they can't get... Yeah, we're still a couple weeks away from the draft. Like, uh, you know what? Let's touch on this because you're, you're talking about quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And the more people I talk to and the more I dig into it, I really don't think that the Eagles are going to take a wide receiver. Like, I forget the wide receiver. I would be right now. I would be from surprised to mildly shocked if they took a wide receiver at twelve. Assuming they even mm-hmm. stay there, I still think there's a good possibility they trade even further down, maybe fourteen, sixteen, eight, wherever it may be. But I still think if they stay there, I really don't think that they're going to take a wide receiver and cornerback although I would like that position man I Eagles and offensive linemen and defensive linemen in the top half of the draft that's their history it's either quarterback it's either D-line or O-line and I'm I'm kind of scared that they're going to try and take like an O lineman or a D lineman that's going to have people freaking the heck out. Oh man, yeah. Well, I, I agree with you that as the day is going on, it seems less and less likely that wide receiver is uh, is going to be that pick. You know, especially if uh, if if um you know if all three are gone, Smith, Waddle, and uh, Jamar Chase. Obviously, um, I don't think you can make the case for Rashad Bateman that early. That that wouldn't make sense to me. Um, so if, if Waddle is there and they don't take him, oh man, especially if they, if they go, oh, offensive lineman. The only guy I can really make the case for as far as offensive linemen go is, uh, Rashawn Slater. He, he's a versatile guy. Uh, he'll be, he's the second best offensive lineman in the draft behind Penny Sewell. So if, if the Eagles really want to build these trenches, uh, Rashawn Slater makes a lot of sense. I'd be a lot more excited for him than Quiddy Pay because if they take Quiddy Pay, you know, I don't, I don't think Eagles Twitter is surviving that one. Um, so uh, I, I, I personally would roll with J.C. Horn if it was up to me and I, and I was running the show. Uh, J.C. Horn would be the guy I pick at twelve. He's the most, he's the most athletically gifted cornerback in this draft. Uh, Patrick Sertain is probably the best just just by a hair, uh, but J.C. Horn is my guy. And then I, w- I would mention like those receivers I mentioned earlier. If Terrace Marshall is there, or if uh, uh, who's the other guy? Kadarius Tony, if he's there, um, but if they do wait a few rounds, some of the guys I mentioned earlier, like the Amari Rogers and the Dimey Browns and the uh, Elijah Moore's and some of those guys, are, are, are some people I would entertain. But my my dream draft scenario would be J.C. Horn and then Terrace Marshall in the second round. I'll tell you what, I don't think he'll be there. But if Micah Parsons is oh, you're on that train, man. Oh man, oh man. I would love to see this. It, I, I can't imagine that they would do it. They haven't taken a linebacker 
in the first yeah i doubt it man i doubt it 79 but i i just love what that guy can do especially with the with the eric wilson signing i really don't think they're doing it now (laughs) now yeah you know and and eric wilson how about also bringing back jordan howard i know it's not a big move this week right eric wilson's a nice move i like that eric wilson gives you some linebacker depth and gives you somebody there who's still got a little bit of an upside but jordan howard bringing back a, a veteran seemingly on the downside of his career I know it's not like a, he's not even guaranteed to, to be on the roster. Eh, it, it, it's not a terrible move. Yeah, I enjoy the move. I think it's a great move, actually. When you look at the roster beforehand, who is it? Adrian Killens and Elijah Holyfield and Boston Scott and, uh, and of course, Miles Sanders is there. Uh, I think Jordan Howard, if, if, if he does have tread left on the tires, um, he filled his role in nicely two years ago with, with Miles Sanders as that, as, that, uh, as that power guy, as that downhill runner that can kind of change the pace on offense. Uh, so if he is, you know, if he still has some gas left in the tank, the last two games um, last season didn't do him any favors. Uh, but I, I think I like I enjoyed the signing obviously he wasn't getting a lot of attention um but you could do a lot worse than that they're obviously not going to give holyfield much of a chance um so i i enjoy jordan howard and eric wilson uh he he's a sleeper i think him and anthony harris are two of the sleeper defensive guys in this free agency class now now the one thing about eric wilson though is his missed tackle percentage is, is higher than you'd like it um he he needs to work on wrapping up <laughs> wrapping wrapping up his his guys um, but as far as a, as a straight guy who's in the middle of that defense, I believe it was three sacks, three interceptions, 120 plus tackles last season. Uh, you could do a lot worse than trying to fill that middle linebacker position with a guy like Eric Wilson. But to your point, that pretty much eliminates any and all chances for a guy like Micah Parsons. Um, I, I'm not sure if you've heard about his off the field shenanigans, but they're not too great either. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? There, and and there's a lot of. There's a lot of guys with potential off-the-field stuff, too, that's going to impact uh, how they're drafted. The one thing that this week did not work out in the Eagles' favor is the Carolina Panthers mm. trading for Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. And by trading for Sam Darnold with that eighth pick, they're going to take a non-quarterback. So that's another position player that's going to be off the board. Mm-hmm. I've, I've actually seen some mock drafts that think Sewell is going to uh, dra- drop to eight. Beyond really? The I'd be There's stunned some, if he's out the right? top five. <laughs> if, if he doesn't go to Cincinnati with with a lot of with a lot of people out there, think, like I hate mock drafts and everybody's got an opinion and who knows who's going to be right. Yeah, dude. But Jamar Chase going to Cincinnati and reuniting with his boy Joey uh, Burrow that could be a possibility. I, I don't know what the Bengals are thinking right now, but that's that's a guy who could go at eight, and that's just another. Another guy that is going to another position player who's going to be off the board, not a quarterback. So that kind of didn't help the Eagles, uh, the trade of Sam Darnold. I'm just glad that the it seemed the seemingly with the trade back that the quarterback uh, drafting a quarterback scenario has kind of died off with that. that. That's one thing we can all <laughs> at least take, take a breath. Well, you know, Mac Jones is, is might be there, but I, I'm hey, hearing hey, that the 49ers kind of like that guy. So I, I'm looking at a mock draft from somebody in San Francisco. So what the heck do they know about the Eagles? But he's got your guy, JC Horn. Going JC, yeah, he's he, go. he's the presumptive. Right. Like I I wrote one, and I'm kind of mock drafted drafted out at this point. Like I, I'm kind of over it. <laughs> what do you? you want 2.900 mm-hmm. like oh i'm on well <laughs> um i wrote three i wrote three before the trade and then i only wrote one post trade because that's all the uh, uh you know that's all the emotional capacity that i have so <laughs> all right well i'm gonna read yours because like you know i'm kind of obligated now that we're doing a show together so i i promise i'll read yours but i'm not reading anybody else yeah i'll send you mine and then you can i the thing i like to believe that when, when i write these mock drafts it's not just a player and you know this is who you should take i try to 
would give um i spend a lot of time into my articles it's not just you know I, 45 minutes and it's up i put i put it takes hours sometimes all the all the all the stuff i try to compile and i want the readers to uh to, to actually learn something when they read it not just try to give my opinion and be like this is my opinion and you need to agree with it <laughs> like i want you to learn and, and understand why i think these picks make sense um so that's why i try to make my mocks a little differently but now i'm just seeing too many of them and it's getting oversaturated to this point and i kind of need to steer the content in a, in a different direction so i think this week i'm going to work on um way too early free agency class of 2022 if the Eagles do in fact have cap space next year so <laughs> you mean you mean other people are allowed to have opinions yeah man uh, believe I mean, it or not believe it or not <laughs> you know i gotta say that at, at, at a phillies game somebody came a friend of mine came up they haven't seen him since covid because he doesn't cover uh he, he wasn't like you know, last year was like one tier and then now they're letting a little bit few more reporters in there and he said every year last you know last summer i'd be driving somewhere on a sunday and and i'd, I'd listen to you on 97.5 the fanatic and and the you know the best thing I can say about you, Rob, I'm like, uh, here oh, no, like, man, just cut yeah. it off, just he's cut like, it off. He's like, you, <laughs> you let people have opinions. He's like, and I can listen to you because you let people have opinions. I'm like, well, dude, that's what it's supposed to be all about. He's like, well, I don't, I don't, you know, you don't get that all the time. And I'm like, I don't care. Everybody's got an opinion, right? We're all entitled to our opinions. Some of us are right, some of us are wrong. I'm gonna be right one day, wrong the next. I've probably been wrong. Here, I'll tell you one that I've been wrong. About. Oh, I've definitely been wrong about. <laughs> I was wrong about Justin Jefferson last year. I, I did not want any parts of that guy. <laughs> two years ago, two years ago, I, I said a certain quarterback who played in Philadelphia was going to be MVP of a Super Bowl, and and he's not here in Philadelphia anymore. Oh yeah, I'm certainly wrong about that. Yeah, we were. You see, you almost made it the whole show without even. I, I alluded to him. I thought you were going to make it. Man. I thought you, oh man, yeah. I mean, on that note. Yeah, man. We'll wrap. Well, 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 real quick before we do get out of here, if if you were if you were a betting man, who do the Eagles take at twelve? I'm, I feel like I'm going to end every show with, with this until the draft starts. <laughs> I don't know if I said it last week, but I'm going to stick with Slater, offensive line. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the if you want Eagles Twitter to explode pick, that's the one right yeah. after Quitty Pay. He's he's right behind there, and uh, I'm rolling go, with JC Horn, obviously. So. You're gonna go Horn. All right, I'm, I'm gonna go Slater. Oh man, yeah. we gotta do something if we, if one of us is right. We gotta figure it how, out. How about Phillips, the edge rusher out of my ass? Yeah. No, no uh, thanks. No thanks. <laughs> oh, God. Don't even. Yeah, don't do the that. The you. <laughs> yeah, great. The uh, you. Perfect. Oh, man. But that about wraps up this episode of The Hot Route. You can give me a follow on Twitter at The Philly Pod. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, anywhere else you get your shows. Be sure to go subscribe to my partner here at Rob Motti. Real quick, let the people know what you got going on. Any interesting things coming up next week. I'm happy that I'm a part of your elusive uh and your uh, elite uh, podcasting uh, partners in Lane Johnson and Jr. and I'm just a guy, but here Man, we are. Man, uh, that, that, that was great. So, yeah, if anybody <laughs> wants to hear that full interview with Jr., I did cut it to, like, 35 minutes, and, and Lane Johnson, they were both on the most recent episode of the AP Pro Football Podcast. I'm on the air 5 to 9, Saturday, 97.5 The Fanatic, and then 5 to 8, uh, Sunday, 97.5 The Fanatic. And uh, next week, got a lot of stuff going on, too. Uh, I got a little bit of a Phillies-free week with them on the road, so that's pretty cool. Get to dive into my Eagles football. I got a lot of stuff, man. Uh, we didn't even touch on this, but a very tragic situation with Philip Adams, uh, uh, yeah. player, mm -hmm. and what happened. So I got thrown right into that, Victor. And I had a, I reached out and spoke to his agent, who really told me a lot about the guy. And then Kevin Smith, remember him, former defensive back mm -hmm. for the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. He he mentored him, and you know they really we we kind of gave me a little bit of uh, a picture, painted a picture of of what Philip was like. And he was a guy who like really worked hard on the field, worked 
hard in the weight room but could not adjust to life after the NFL and really wouldn't seek that help that was out there. They try to encourage them like, you know, you got there's so many different ways and so many different avenues and programs that you can get help. So uh, on, on this note, I just like to let everybody out there know, man, if if you're not okay, that's okay. If you're going through something, that's fine. There's help out there. You're not alone. Reach out to somebody. Talk to somebody. Never let it escalate to the point where it's it just it, it blows up like that. And I hope people out there take mental health issues very seriously and especially I want to talk to the men for real quick for one second you know you don't have to suck it up you don't have to man up you don't have to be too tough no matter what you heard all your life about being that guy being tough no it's okay man it's okay I've talked to athletes like Brandon Marshall and Brian Dawkins and Malcolm Jenkins and all these guys who see therapists and everything else if you're listening to this and if you're going through something forget about all the football forget about all the other stuff get some help talk to somebody yeah thoughts and prayers go out to to, to that family of course and and like uh I, I tell everybody you know everybody I come in contact with even on the internet and things like that like i'm never too busy for for, for anybody uh my dms are always open to, to talk to anybody i'm a i'm a fairly easygoing person and i'm always <laughs> willing uh, to lend an ear and have a conversation and also we we didn't touch on this but we did lose an icon today in a in dmx so i mean, i don't know how big you were on him rob but he was he was a very big part of my childhood uh growing up yeah i I was a Jay-Z guy, a Kanye guy, not much on DMX, but obviously uh, prayers up for his family and may he rest in peace. Yeah, if this year, sure. if this year has taught you anything, man, with, with you know, with, between Kobe and uh, the and uh, the sure. pandemic and, you know, all these situations, it teaches you, man, hold, hold the people you love close and don't take anything for granted. You know, this year had last year and, and continuing on in 2021, um, sheds a lot of light on onto what, you know, life really means and and, you know, how how people kind of interpret it. And, you know, just just try and keep try, try, try and keep your head above water man, and, and, and try and keep it moving. No doubt. No doubt, man. Yeah. But until the next one, guys, we appreciate you guys for listening and tuning in. I'm glad this is becoming a uh, routine thing. I'm not scaring Rob away yet, which is which is great. <laughs> you never know how these things going to turn out. <laughs> but it's keep it good, locked man. here, guys. Be sure to subscribe and uh, rate reviews and all that fun stuff. Got a lot of great reviews after the last one. But until the next one, y'all, peace out from the Philly Pop. Since 1930, the Heritage family has proudly served the communities of South Jersey. From humble roots, Heritage's dairy stores now operates 33 convenient locations. Their desire is to become your convenience store of choice, not just because of their welcoming atmosphere, but because of their fresh, quality products. Heritage's milk is still the sweetest, coffee's hot and fresh, and Heritage's full-service delis offer the best local ingredients prepared and sliced on-site, far exceeding the competition. Heritage's Dairy Stores. It's not just our name, it's our heritage.